Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Okay. Are we starting again? At this point, we definitely don't know. Okay. Because we've three, three false starts. Here we go. This oh, is actually man. it, I think. And once again, we're surprised. Oh, like a, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> brothers and sisters, children of all ages, welcome to Penn Sunday School. By all ages, people are okay with hearing curse words. Okay. Welcome to Penn Sunday School. I'm Matt Donnelly. We're broadcasting from Show Creator Studios. Dustin Knaus is in studio here. You know him, you love him. Old school fans are just, their hearts are melting already. And, uh, but he's back because he's, he's helping us out. Yeah. But tell you more about that. Here's the guy who's preaching the love. Penn Jillette. <laughs> looks like a 70s this drum DJ. solo is. <laughs> preaching hat. love. Love it, With yeah. your hat and a drum set next to you. He's like a real 70s DJ. Yeah. yeah. Hey, let's check with Lucy in the sky with traffic. <laughs> 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 Coming up, it's Rocktober here. Rocktober. Pretty sure we'll have Billy Joel November. <laughs> Billy Joel November. <laughs> That's the, the saddest day at every Rocktober. radio station. <laughs> it's the day they introduce Billy Joel November. Billy Joel November. <laughs> Even Billy Joel's like, "That's too much." <laughs> <laughs> Billy Joel's going. I think I could do probably, many... probably do a week. <laughs> I could do a week, maybe. I can but do don't, a week. Please don't, don't give but, me a month. Yeah, we, if we get a month, we're going to have to play outtakes of Piano Man. <laughs> and I don't like any of them. This is the one where Terry at the bar was a friend of mine. There's a different name. <laughs> I hadn't found it yet. I was still working on it. You know, Billy Joel is someone that um, I'm troubled by. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because yeah. Billy Joel, everything about Billy Joel is good. Everything. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Billy Joel seems like a good person. Yep. He's an atheist. Out of the closet. Yeah. All right. He writes uh, smart atheist music. Yeah. He seems to write really good lyrics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He seems to have a wonderful voice. Yeah. And a nice style on the piano. And yet, he somehow just missed the rock credibility thing. I mean, he just Very missed. Very much so. Yeah. He just missed Springsteen. Yeah. And when you think about what is better about Springsteen than it better about Billy Joel, yeah. it's a very short list. And yet, both from Jersey. Yeah, or Long Island. Yeah, sure. Oh. Um, Which is the same to you, but not to me. Yeah. Okay, you're right. Touchy. You're touchy. absolutely right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, it troubles me. You know, because yeah. uh, Celine Dion does not give the slightest fuck yeah. that she's not taken seriously. Right, right. Okay. There's a whole book about that that I read and talked about. Yes. Remarkable it changed book. your perspective on it her did, completely. So, but I'm just saying in that thing. And then you've got people like Kenny G. Yes. Who are very complex because there's that picture of Miles Davis looking disgusted at Kenny G. Yeah. It's a very mm -hmm. well known picture. You can just search for it Miles Davis, Kenny G. Yeah. And it's this picture of. Kenny G grinning his full head off, yep. meeting Miles Davis, and Miles Davis looking at him like he is uh, human shit. Yeah. Okay? And it's a really interesting picture, and you laugh at it, and you go, uh, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness gracious. Boy, 
Miles Davis agrees with all of us that Kenny G is a dipshit. Yes. That's the first thing you think. And then I was given a piece of information that changed everything. Oh, no. And that was who posted that picture. Kenny G. Yep. So Kenny G completely understands it. Yes. And then I met Kenny G. And Kenny G was wonderful. Yeah. Smart. um, With it. Seemed to really know... Um, music. I mean, does really know music. Yeah. Seems like a really good player. You talk to any jazz people, they say he's a great player, and they also say they hate him. Yeah. Now, right. one was the choice of soprano saxophone, an unwise choice. <laughs> but let's put that aside. No, no, no. I, and Glenn Ally, yeah. the long-suffering Glenn, went to see Kenny G. He went to see Kenny G. Yeah. Because he goes to see everything. And he likes Kenny G. Yeah. In the middle of the Kenny G set, he said that Kenny G talked a little bit about Coltrane and played really out smart jazz. He said probably the outest, smartest jazz that was hitting the biggest audience possible. Right. That Kenny G just played. And Kenny G was personable and joking and self-effacing. Now, Kenny G has a degree in economics. Yeah. Kenny G is also one of the early... And underline the word early. Yeah. Investors in Starbucks. <laughs> really? So if anyone wow. is playing for the love of music, it's Kenny G. Right. right. You, you, what you're describing is that like I could somehow go to the wrong party and make a Kenny G joke and expect the room to laugh like it would in 99% of rooms that we know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden that room of people would be like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I don't Kenny know if G that's is. true. You know, I, I, I think you're probably safe with that joke anywhere but i think perhaps everybody's wrong and it's more important than that i think that kenny g doesn't care and that i'm i really want to spend a lot of time talking to kenny g because i think it's very likely kenny g is um at some level yeah of humanity that the rest of us haven't hit yeah Mm. now now here's what does it say about billy joel that you don't extend the same thought to him. <laughs> yeah. Because I think, I think Billy Joel has not found a way to be okay with it. Oh, I, oh, I believe okay. yep. his alcoholism and, and trouble with that, I believe everything you're describing haunts him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then fact, there's... This podcast might drive him to drink. I was talking to James Spader ah. quite a while ago, and I said, have you spent a lot of time with William Shatner? Because he was on a yes. television program with him, some law worth, worth a binge watch. That that show holds up. What is it? Uh, Boston Does, Legal. Boston. Oh Legal. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on a television program. So at the end of Boston Legal, For I the, bumped into James Spader, who I know yeah. peripherally. James Spader, who said to me, "You know, you got. I wish I could do a James Spader impression. That'd be great. <laughs> we all. Because I watch. Um, We'd all be successful voice actors. I watch. Good. I watch Blacklist." Yes. Which is a stupid, terrible show. Very. But I love it. That's why it's worth going back and watching Boston Legals, because you know Shatner can chew scenery, and uh-huh. that's why you're watching the show. Yeah. Uh-huh. But you don't realize that that Spader is in Shatner school and learning how to chew scenery. And now you know him as a scenery chewer that he is now. <laughs> Good point. And you go back and watch, you're like, oh, this guy had the seeds. They were there. They just hadn't grown. So James Spader came to our show. This is years ago, 20 years ago, well, whatever Boston Legal was. Yeah. And um, said to me afterward, you, you know, you have to present 
the bullet catch in a different way. Because <laughs> really? Your wow. favorite, because, your favorite no, no, interaction. It was very, like he said, because nobody realizes how good it is. That's the greatest trick I've ever seen, and I think you sell it short. The audience can't realize that it's the greatest trick they've ever seen. I said, oh. you realized. He said, yes. I said, we're done. Because <laughs> she was in the audience. Yeah. 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 But everyone, yeah. I like James Spader tremendously. I don't know him well. Also, anyone who watched your guys' version of it wasn't like, eh. <laughs> I guess not generally the, uh, the take. No, it yeah. got a nice response from the audience. Yeah. And by the way, it was listed when, like, the London Times did a survey of magicians and critics and people yeah. of the greatest greatest magic tricks in history means houdini's in the mix means jesus christ is in the mix yeah best magic who, trick who really has two that shroud of torn is really underrated yeah. <laughs> <laughs> number one magic trick of all time by the london times which by the way i would dismiss in any other circumstance <laughs> <laughs> like should the bullet catch be number two you yeah. would dismiss the entire list well i haven't hit the punchline yet oh the bullet catch is number one Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the best magic trick. So then I I really like James Spader. Yeah. And we talked. And I said to him, have you spent a lot of time with William Shatner? And he says, yes. You know, we work together every day. And I said, do you pal around with him? He said, yes. He comes over to my house for dinner. I go over to his house. We hang out. We have a good time. I really like William Shatner. Yeah. I mm -hmm. said, well, you, you know him well. He said, I think I know him as well as anybody. I said, um, is he... In on the joke? Is Shatner <laughs> making fun of himself? Or is Shatner uh, uh, the brunt of the joke? Where does Shatner sit in the Shatner school? Where is he? Does he actually think he was a good actor? Is he putting us on? Does he actually think he's a good spoken word poet? Yeah. Yeah. Where is he on this? And James Spader said, I have spent a lot of time with him. I've had a lot of heart-to-heart -heart talks. I have no idea. <laughs> he said, and I've gone into conversation with him just to find that out. Yeah. Yeah. And have no idea. Because Spader wow. seems to know exactly his line. I think he understands that. He, he turns it on. He does. He does. Mm -hmm. He has that weird thing. He has taken the Jerry Lewis Lou Reed imaginary lozenge. <laughs> you know the imaginary lozenge? Yeah. Yeah. That both. Uh, see, this is the thing that I knew. And no one else knew. And uh, until both the participants were dead, I was unwilling to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but now that both people yeah. are dead uh -huh. as hammers, right? Mm -hmm. two people that I love dearly, yeah. I can say something that I believe I knew, no one else knew. And every time I hipped somebody to it, they said, oh, my God, you're exactly right. When Jerry Lewis was talking, nah, nah, nice lady, yeah. not doing that. Yeah. But when Jerry was talking about, you know, when I was in France doing that, yeah. talking about that stuff, you know, Dean, very talented comic. <laughs> when he was saying stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. The imaginary lozenge, the voice is low, talking a little bit slower than you think he needs to talk. You got that exact Jerry in your head? I do. Mm-hmm. Lou Reed, 
identical. I don't mean they had similar mannerisms. I mean, I believe if you gave them the same text in the same mood, you could not tell Jerry Lewis from Lou Reed. They have the same accent. They're from the same place. They have similar backgrounds. And when you, you'd hear, like, I would just imagine Jerry would go, you know, Dino, Dane, was a very underrated comedian. Lou Reed, you know, John Cale, much more important to the Velvet Underground sound than people think. <laughs> the exact same, I will, oh I will damn with faint praise. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, there were those who thought that Martin and Lewis. Have you tried minus this? Martin and Lewis? Minus Lewis is Martin and Lewis. They think every, Jerry Lewis is everything. There are those that think John Cale was everything in the Velvet Underground. And yet, Lou Reed and Jerry Lewis are not in that category, either one of them. Right. I tried casually, friendly, jokingly, lightly, sweetly broaching that idea to Lou Reed. <laughs> oh, no. <sighs> no. The guy, sure. the guy who's explained to you that a rock star's job is to be two hours late to his own concert because it's part of his job does not want to hear that he is like Jerry Lewis. <laughs> he, he did not want to hear that. As a matter of fact, uh, he, he, he asked me the question, what do you mean, in a way that made me mean something different. <laughs> well, I think there's just an accent of certain words. The answer, the answer to the question was, "Holy shit, I, I, I can't be here. I gotta go." <laughs> what do you mean by that? Oh, I mean, uh, oh, I mean, look geez, at the time. Left the TV on. <laughs> you know, the global warming and shit. That TV, it's <laughs> hot. It's hot. <laughs> go turn that TV off. I wish I could do it remotely, but I am out of here. Uh, you can finish up the oysters. <laughs> <laughs> and roll them around. And you're Jerry Lewis. I'm out of here. Like Ricochet <laughs> Rabbit. <laughs> um, so, Bruce Willis. Yes. Okay. You want to name movies that Robert De Niro is good in. Yeah. Versus movies Robert De Niro has been in. The movies Robert De Niro is good in. Yeah. And the movies Robert De Niro has been in, mm -hmm. probably 5%. Okay. All right. Okay. I yeah. mean, Taxi Driver, yeah. King of Comedy. I guess others say Goodfellas. Yeah. Uh, he's very good in Godfather. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Of course. Frankenstein. Ooh. Did you see him playing Frankenstein's monster? Yes. Uh, the thing where he's an uh, illiterate trucker? Ooh. Yeah. Romantic comedy, liter illiterate trucker with Meryl Streep. Yep. Hmm. Terrible. Analyze this, analyze that. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. And some family stuff where he's beating up Ben oh, yeah, Stiller. Yeah. Stiller yeah. yeah. Now let's take Bruce Willis. Let's name the number of movies Bruce Willis has been in. Okay. And the number of movies Bruce Willis has been good in. Separate from whether the movie was good or not. Yeah. Just turned oh, okay. in a good performance. 100%? 95%. When yeah. has Bruce Willis been really terrible? Maybe Death Wish, the remake of Death Wish, wasn't particularly good. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, Die Hard is not an easy part. No. no. He's great. Yeah. Moonlighting, not an easy part. He's great. I think, I mean, the Tarantino movie. Yeah. He's oh, great. Yeah. I think that Bruce Willis is always good, yeah. rounded off. Mm -hmm. Robert De Niro is always bad, rounded off. 
And yet De Niro, tremendously respected. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Willis, at TV guy. Yeah. I think it all depends on how you hit the scene at that second. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, De Niro being, if you said great acting, De Niro would be the first name people said forever. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And that was, you know, and then all of a sudden you just bring up all these other actors and then people are like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, no, he's good. Oh, yeah, that guy's good, too. (laughs) You're like, I don't know why I always say De Niro. Um, I mean, mean, we don't want to even compare him to the heavy hitters. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. Right, right. I mean, Now, the, uh, an argument from my, one of my favorite podcasters, Bill Simmons, a sports guy, but he always says people like to give Leo DiCaprio credit for being the greatest actor, and people just like Matt Damon. But his favorite argument is to make them switch roles. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so could Matt, could Matt Damon have pulled off the, the Living in the Woods uh, grizzly bear movie? Sure. Yeah. Mm. Could Leo have done The Martian and pulled off The Martian? No. Right. Yeah. Could Matt Damon have done um, Great Gatsby? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Could Leo have played the uh, a fourth billing in Ocean's Eleven? Hmm, I don't think so. Right. Yeah. So we, he he yeah. loves bringing up those. Can mm. you switch Matt Damon and Leo in different places and so, see how they do? So Billy Joel. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I constantly owe Billy Joel an apology. <laughs> <laughs> Every single time Billy Joel comes yeah. on the radio, yeah, I go to change it or to yeah. skip over it. Yeah. And then sometimes I decide to listen to a little bit more of it, and I go, man, he, there's nothing wrong with this. Yeah. Nothing wrong with this. I think, And that... I saw him on uh, Fallon yeah. doing, like, Lion Sleeps Tonight with a machine that did looping, yep. singing all the parts. Uh, crazy good uh, intonation, crazy good uh, feeling on the songs. Yep. Huh. Uh, I mean, Piano Man is um, schmaltzy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's obvious. It's 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 just uh, laid out there. Um, whatever the other one is, uh, don't go changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. which is the most insulting song since My Funny Valentine. <laughs> Uh, I don't want clever. Don't go changing. I don't want clever conversation. To which I respond, "Fuck you." <laughs> uh, but. Is Could your, anyone else pull off Piano Man? That's the question. Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, then I went to see, um, um, uh, what's his name? Super country guy. I made all the money in the world. Garth Brooks. Yeah. yeah. Garth Brooks. Who said, during Garth Brooks's show, yeah. said uh, something that was insane. He said, separate from everything else, the greatest piano player in classical, jazz, anything was Billy Joel. And you wanted Billy Joel to walk out of stage and go, shh, shh, no, 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 no. I mean, that is really like saying, you want to talk about chops with cards? Really, really good at handling cards, the magician? You want to talk pendulum? No, 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 no. Don't say that because there are other people better in the room and it's only you and me here. Yeah. <laughs> also, like people who are typically great in their fields tend to also be terrible interviews. Billy Joel's a great interview, which mm-hmm. is really strange that he's not yeah. liked and respected because he's when you do have him on, you're like, oh, this guy can tell stories. He can talk. He can tell, and he has. I saw a little clip of him um, on like one of those VH1, yeah, old people chatting things, yeah, and. Um, 
storytellers. He was, he, yeah, that's it. Oh, people chat. <laughs> that's a good name. I like that. <laughs> he, VH1 thought so. Yeah. He was he was talking. <laughs> he was um he was talking about the humiliation of playing piano. Oh, okay. Mm. And he said, here is Purple Haze. Yeah. Played perfectly on piano. <laughs> and then played dum dum. And it was so funny and strong and made his point. So I would like to just right now yeah. issue a public apology yeah. Yeah. to um, Billy Joel, okay. Bruce Willis, yeah. Celine Dion, yeah. Kenny G. Okay. Which, by the way, that is a band I want to see. <laughs> I think we got everything covered there, don't we? Yeah. yeah Isn't everything so. covered there? I would yeah. watch every second of whatever. If they were just making a movie or a commercial or whatever, I'd watch it. Yeah. yeah. Or, oh, yeah. or yeah. even better, wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that tag team wrestling would be would be fabulous. Uh, I think uh, Billy Joel's better. Better. You got to team up with the most in shape person though. <laughs> really. Billy Joel, I think. Is he, is he in good shape or not? No, I don't think so. Billy Joel's not in good shape for wrestling. I, 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 yeah, is I Billy Joel healthy? I don't. Uh, well, he he goes back and forth. Mm -hmm. But if you see him, I feel like he has let himself go a little bit, but in a way that ninety percent, like the in a way that a human being does, not yeah. like he's gotten out of control. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's gotten out of control with his drinking. He drives his cars into houses and shit. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, also quietly living. Like his favorite life without without getting a lot of credit for it. What do you mean? The MSG deal. Do you know about this? Oh, no. What, what was the deal? So instead of doing a Vegas residency, mm -hmm. he just called up MSG and was like, can I just do shows here and make and make Madison Square Garden my residency? And they were like, yeah. And he's like, I'll just tell you which dates I can do, and then that's it. What, dates, huh. what do you mean what dates you can do? If I can play Madison Residence, Square Garden, yeah. by the way, my calendar's open. <laughs> <laughs> he literally just chooses them as he feels, flies in from helicopter from his backyard, 12 minutes, in Madison Square Garden, does a concert for, you know, tens of thousands of people. He, he lands the helicopter? He lands a helicopter in Madison Square Garden. Wow. He doesn't fly it himself. No. He's not Chris Christopherson. <laughs> He's not Chris Christopherson. Chris Christopherson. Do you know how Chris Christopherson got his first record deal? No. Chris Christopherson, other interesting person, um, was um, a helicopter pilot in Vietnam. Yeah. Wow. Hel wow. Helicopter pilot in Vietnam. Well, you know, Jimmy Hendrix is a parachuter in Vietnam. Which yeah. is when you listen to him do the Star Spangled Banner. First time I heard him do the electric Star Spangled Banner at yeah. Woodstock. I mean, on on record. Yeah. I thought as 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 a young callow idiot. Yeah. That it was making fun of the Star Spangled Banner. Right. When you listen to it now, the nuances in it are phenomenal. Yeah. And I think have being at Woodstock and being someone that saw action as a parachuter. Yeah. In Woodstock. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jimi Hendrix maybe had the most nuanced feeling that was going on there. Wow. Crazy. Um, and Chris Christopherson. So Chris Christopherson, who got a job as a janitor at the studio that Bob Dylan was recording Blonde on Blonde to be able to see how Bob Dylan worked. He Ooh. emptied ashtrays and mopped the floor. That's where Chris Christopherson wow. was. And had a lot of trouble getting a uh, record deal. Yeah. So he, uh, Chris Christopherson, by the way, crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But not just crazy, because we think rock and roll crazy, comic crazy. Yeah. But we're talking country western crazy. Oh, no. With superimposed upon that, Vietnam vet crazy. 
which superimposed upon that helicopter pilot crazy. Helicopter pilot crazy, Vietnam crazy, country western crazy, Bob Dylan fan crazy. That's Chris Christopherson. So he somehow got a hold of, eh, we don't know, a helicopter. <laughs> he put his guitar yeah. in the helicopter, then flew to Johnny Cash's backyard. <laughs> where he landed in his helicopter, oh my. got no. out, no. and said, I'd like to play you Sunday morning brings me down. Bring Sunday morning coming down. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Johnny Cash Holy having hell. breakfast helicopter. <laughs> Saigon, shit. Every morning I wake up, think I'll be back in the jungle. Every morning I'm back in Saigon. <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck. What charges? I'm gonna, I'll get into all the apocalypse. <laughs> I, it's my nightmare. It's my. Uh, it's a snail walking the edge of a razor. The horror, the horror. Uh, Chris Christopherson lands in your backyard. I picture Johnny Cash in a bathrobe, speeding mm. his brains out, eating an English muffin. <laughs> Nooks and crannies, lots of butter. Yeah. Johnny Cash, English muffin in hand, bathrobe open, Johnny Cash's balls hanging out. <laughs> Chris Christopherson, we can assume, perhaps a little buzzed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Waiting for the... Uh, in fact, I don't want Chris Christopherson to fly me sober. <laughs> That's where I think I'm at. I would say I want Chris Christopherson to fly me anywhere. I think <laughs> that if you want someone who's going to be able to fly under hazardous conditions, it's Chris Christopherson. Yeah. If something right. goes wrong, Chris is going to be okay. I watched... I'm going to tell you a story of Chris Christopherson. I guess I'd make him land in like your backyard. Like I want you to direct yeah, my next go. show. <laughs> like, uh, trying to think of what, where I want him to land that can get me something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think Chris Christopherson in the helicopter is yeah. pretty empty and ashtrays to learn how Dylan works. Yeah. I love a lot that. of people That's read articles. He yeah. gets a job as a janitor and he's there every day for all the recording. Mm -hmm. Cleaning up, which means invisible, right? Exactly. Because the class stuff is so can, great. Can be in any room he wants, basically. Yeah. 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 And we'll also hear the conversations Dylan's really having. Yeah. Not like Mick Jagger stopping in when Jagger. When no, no, no. Then you, you, yeah. he, right there. Up, yeah. Listen to that. I, I have a story about Lou Reed and Chris Christopherson. You thought this was just random ramblings. It's oh. all coming together oh. on a Lou Reed and Chris Christopherson's story. But first, I feel set up. If you're looking to lose weight, keeping track with an advanced smart scale can help. If you like to track activity and not look like a dink, having an advanced <laughs> activity tracker inside a real watch is pretty cool. This watch, what does it look like to you? That look like some sort of uh, fitness not, tracker? No way. Nice. Looks like a classic. Classy you do not watch. seem dinkish at all. <laughs> no. Right now, you can get 25 cents. 25 cents. 25 nope. cents off. 25% <laughs> off select Withing Smart Scales and hybrid smart watches. Interested? You can find all the details of the new offers, the exclusive coupon code, and handy link right on pensundayschool.com. Pensundayschool.com. The link is right there. Coupon. Coupon. I say coupon. That's not right. Right? Hmm. It's coupon. Not coupon. Go to PennSundaySchool.com, look for the Withing stuff, and take advantage now. Unless you're driving. In which case, pull over and then do it. Oh, and remember, <laughs> when Withings asked people to write in how 
Withings products have helped them? Well, winners have been chosen at random, and Jim, Ken, and Henrik, Henrik, already know that they are the lucky ducks who are going to be getting trackers. But Withings wanted to send big love and many thanks to all who wrote in. Go to PennSundaySchool.com for all the details and the link. So, you know, I've been having a pretty good year. I think I'm going to honor the additional discount. You are? 25 yeah. cents? Yeah, if you send your receipt okay. from Withings, send them 25 cents. I will send you a quarter. <laughs> good thinking. So, I want to get around to this uh, who's respected and who's not. Okay. Yeah. I also want to get around to um, the size of Chris Christopherson's balls. Sure. Yeah. Because um, you get this idea that there's tough guys in rock and roll. Yes. Mm-hmm. We've been sold that bill of goods. There are tough guys in rock and roll. We, we know that's not true. There are no tough guys in rock and roll. Right. Not when there's country guys around. Right. right. And there's no tough guys in um, country western when you've got bikers around. Okay. <laughs> and there are no tough guys in bikers when you've got military people around. Right. Right. Okay. Chris Christopherson, we're back to. Yeah. Uh, was there a guy named v- Vinny Scalsa? Vinny, some guy, some radio DJ in New York. Oh, uh, Vince, Vince Scalsa or something. Great, great interviewer. Yeah. Great interviewer. He would do, it's something like that. That's not his name, but someone will let us know. He would do a thing on songwriting uh, at the bottom line in New York, back when there was a bottom line. We're probably talking about the 90s, early 90s, way back then. And he would have... Yeah, Scalsa, Scalsa, Scalsa. Vince Scalsa. Yeah. He would have a group. He's one of the big Springsteen guys. He would have a group of songwriters on stage discussing the craft of songwriting. So um, he had three people on stage. Maybe it was four, and I've forgotten one. Okay. And I remember three of the four, which is for me, whew, yeah. that's good. Um, <laughs> there were like 10. Uh, really. It was... Um, there might have been 10, right? <laughs> <laughs> More likely. Uh, Suzanne Vega, is she a person? Yes. And she's the one that gave the name and address of a child who was being beaten but did nothing else? Uh, I'm not sure about uh, that story. That's one of her songs. One, uh, of, one of her songs is, okay. my what name is Dave, I live upstairs, my parents beat me. La, la, la. Oh, Luca. Luca, mm, yeah. My yeah. name is Luca, I live upstairs, people beat me. That's one of her songs, right? Yes. So Suzanne Vega, Chris Christopherson, and Lou Reed, okay? And they are doing a, um, <laughs> they're doing a songwriter's thing. Two shows, one night. There are uh, three guitars on stage. Um, there are chairs mm-hmm. and uh, guitars. And there's, I think it was Vince or someone like him, um, asking them questions about writing songs. And they're gonna go around and talk about each of their songs, right? Yeah. It's a really nice, intimate thing. And Lou is uh, got the imaginary lozenge, and he's doing his Jerry Lewis impersonation. Yeah. And he's talking about, you know, when I was with the um, Velvet Underground, I wrote uh, several songs. And he's going to tell us about writing Sweet Jane, one of the most important Lou Reed songs, and one of the most important songs personally to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At very many uh, important moments in my life, Sweet Jane has come up. Uh, it deals with skepticism. It deals with normal life, what's important. Uh, it's a beautifully, beautifully written song with the line, anyone who ever had a heart wouldn't turn around and break it. Uh, 
heroes, uh, uh, women never really faint, and villains always blink their eyes, and uh. children are the only ones that blush, and life is just to die. He precedes sure. all of that with, uh, uh, there are some evil motherfuckers who will tell you life is just made out of dirt, and women never really faint. It's Ooh. a beautiful song, Sweet Jane. He's about to sing that, right? And he pulls out his guitar. He's not going to do an acoustic version of this clear stadium rocker, you know? Standing on a corner, suitcase in my hand, Jackie's in his corset, Janie's in a vest, and me, I'm in a rock and roll band. That's where it's going to start. Sitting next to him, Suzanne Vega. Sitting next to him on the other side, Chris Christopherson. Not just the bottom line, but all of New York is totally enraptured with Lou Reed. Yeah. He's telling this story. He's about to sing what could very closely be to many people in Manhattan, the national anthem. Right. Sweet mm -hmm. Jane. At that time. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Sweet Jane came out uh, late 60s. By the 90s, those people are aging, but still, Sweet Jane, pretty important. Also, mm -hmm. another hit for the Cowboy Junkies in the 80s yes, or 90s. Yep, yep, you know, yeah. a, a, an important song. You know, Fish is playing Sweet Many, Jane yeah, right. Someone right, somewhere right now. Yeah, you know, yeah. an important thing. He begins playing Sweet Jane. And then the impossible happens, something that cannot be imagined. I mean, we got a picture of a black hole after Einstein imagined it. <laughs> Einstein could not imagine this. No. Because what I'm about to say, you won't even understand the words and the order that are coming out of my mouth. Chris Christopherson reaches into his pocket, pulls out an harmonica, begins playing along with Lou's solo version of Sweet Jane. Wow. <laughs> harmonica. I mean, and not Bob Dylan harmonica, hillbilly harmonica. <laughs> you have the right key. Drunken, yeah. drunken, uh, hillbilly, psychotic harmonica. Now, Lou Reed looks over at Chris Christopherson, and as his eyes go across the crowd, Every person that's within his eyesight dies because the look on his face is the most horrendous thing anyone's ever seen. So people are shielding their eyes. <laughs> but those who make eye contact with him turn to stone and die. Yeah, of course. Because yeah. Lou, Lou's looking straight ahead, standing on a corner. Here's the harmonica. And then he's going to turn his head like this. And that whole... 30 degrees Periscoping head, around, head, yeah. head, head turn, yeah. kills everybody in his path. <laughs> so paramedics are coming in, yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to save people. Don't look, don't look! And he then makes eye contact with Chris Christopherson. Now, Chris Christopherson has now taken what I th see as a nuclear strike uh -huh. between his eyes. Yeah, He's taking a nuclear strike there, to which Chris Christopherson smiles. <laughs> blows a little more harmonica wow oh no wow. oh no we're not even part of the way through the story yet Lou actually says Chris just says the name Chris yeah in a way that if he had said the word Matt yeah 
Just die. I would do that yeah. during my last podcast. Because. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I was in the middle of any bit, you were like, Matt. I would be like, oh, my God. <laughs> Throw yeah. myself out a window so fast. <laughs> just, says, just says his name. Nothing. Yeah. Then Lou Reed does the unthinkable. He actually states what the problem is. No harmonica. <laughs> Chris Christopherson grins, plays harmonica. <laughs> Lou stops playing, stops the guitar, stops singing, looks over and goes, uh, okay, no. Starts the song again, gets through the intro, in comes Chris Christopherson on harmonica. Oh. <laughs> God. It's it's Sweet Jane. It's the end of the show. Yeah, yeah. They're closing with Sweet Jane. I mean, Chris has just done me and Bobby McGee. Uh, Suzanne Vega's done. This is Luca. This is my address. They beat me. Never mind. She's just done that. <laughs> yeah. Right. They we're finished with the show, and um, they go backstage. There's another show coming up, and at that point, the manager of Lou Reed comes running into the house and says to me, uh, Penn, we, uh, talk to Lou. <laughs> I say, what? He says, Lou is in his dressing room. Things are really bad. I've never seen things worse. we got to get wow. another show on. No one dares go in the room with Lou and talk to him. No one, no one will go in there. Go in there. I go, you want me to talk to Lou now after the harmonica? <laughs> he says, please, please. Wow. I say to my party, excuse me, I got to talk to Lou Reed about harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> and I go back, and there is a closed door, and there's 15 people around, and there's Chris Christopherson a little ways away, drinking, laughing, <laughs> laughing with his friends. I come over and they go, Penn, uh, uh, Lou's not doing another show. Uh. Lou's going to kill Chris. What are you going to do? I go, me? I'm going to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> so I swing open the door and go, <laughs> like that. I mean, Lou is in there in the biggest rage anyone's ever seen. And I go in like this. You know, that horrible yes. witch cackle yes. that I have. Yes. Yeah. The horrible witch cackle that was that took me $150,000 to cut out of the aristocrats because it was all the way through it. Which <laughs> also, to my recollection, has calmed zero people down. Yeah. I go in. <laughs> Lou looks at me with the look that could kill everybody in Jersey. Yeah. yeah. And I... Like Chris Christopherson is somehow amused. I go, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. I have never enjoyed Sweet Jane more. Harmonica, that's what it needed. <laughs> Lou says, what the fuck are you talking about? I go, Lou, he's playing harmonica on Sweet Jane. Come on, weren't you there? Didn't you notice? Couldn't you hear it? <laughs> I said, that was fucking great. Lou goes, Fuck you. I go, come on, Lou. It was fabulous. There's this long pause, and Lou becomes hysterical laughing. 
I mean, just out of his mind laughing. He goes, it was your Monica on Sweet Jane. It was your Monica playing. I go, yeah, it was great. He goes, it was great. Starts laughing. He goes, I go, how crazy is Chris Christopherson? He goes, he's crazy and he's drunk and he's got a harmonica. I said, yeah, that's what was so great, Lou. That's what was so great. And Lou goes, it was great. And the doors open for this whole thing. Uh-huh. And the 15 people looking in at Lou laughing. And I walk out and go, see you at the second show. <laughs> oh, man. I could have died that day. Yeah. yeah. That was a fun thing. Now, during the Sherry's Berries thing, yeah. which started out talking about roses for your mother and so on, yeah. I mentioned Farmer's Market. Yeah. yeah. I just have a question here. I went to the farm. There's a little farmer's market over by the Meadow School here in Vegas. Yeah. Over on whatever. When Fort Apache becomes Rampart. I don't know. Whatever Rampart. your side of town is, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah the rich side yeah. of town. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, they don't let me over there. Yeah. Over by Boca they say, get Park. your Corolla Fender fix. <laughs> you can come to our farmer's When you market. have a white Tesla X, yeah, then you can come you, to this yeah, neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, that. The gasoline fumes. No. Get out of here. (laughs) I guess I'm an ex-smoker. It bothers me more. (laughs) Um, My gated community is so homogeneous. Yeah. We had an accident on the grounds of the gated community. Oh, yeah. In which one white Tesla X hit another white Tesla X. Oh, and the person who reported it was in a white Tesla X. It's all we have. They're all the same. Everybody's so proud of their custom homes that aren't the same with the identical cars. <laughs> By the way, what I drive, yeah. white yeah. Tesla X. Yeah. was part of the deal. It just said car hit car in your neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> There's no need to. Well, which one? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're over by on Rampart by the Meadows School. Yes. By the fake basketball court. Yeah. There is a little farmer's market. I've gone there with my family several times. Yeah. There's really nothing I like more. I love a farmer's market. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes there's a band playing there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just plugged in with the generator. There's those little tents so that when I walk in, every single time I hit my head, you don't understand this, Dustin, what no. happens. <laughs> never, I've never hit my head on anything. <laughs> I, just... I hit my head on everything. A farmer's markets, total bullshit. Close. Complete. Is there anything? Don't they people just set up their stand, put on a funny hat, that, and, and sell the supermarket produce for three times the price? There, there are people be... who, you know, uh, cruelty-free eggs or something like oh, yeah, that yeah. will come yeah, from a farmer's market. I don't think that's totally, you know. I mean, they, I, I, do they have? Do they actually have eggs, or do they just have the boxes they move the supermarket eggs into? Well, we got a lot of weird. Then they have a lot of weird, different shapes and colored eggs. Yeah, they didn't uh, have that at this farmer's market. Okay, oh, okay. but they have honey. You know, local honey. Local honey. Local honey. That's right from here. <laughs> Is there any chance that that's any more than just steaming off labels? Remember, well, I think especially in Vegas, like it's, darker. it's not. It's not an agricultural city, right? So, yeah, so I asked the date guy. Well, also because in reverse, uh-huh. like most of the time, what you see it. Farmers markets is like breads, people that make bread and fun yeah. stuff. All your bread is local. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like all your bread from your supermarkets and your restaurants and stuff, that's all local bread. Yeah. yeah. 
farmer's market or not. The guy with the dates said to me, I said, you, what are these, where are these dates from? This is after we've bought the largest amount of dates ever purchased in a parking lot. <laughs> um, after that, I say to him, just trying to talk, you know, yeah. carny scum to carny scum. Yeah. Yeah. We are both the same scam. Did you buy the last box of dates like six times? <laughs> yeah. I said, uh, he guessed my weight. <laughs> I said, uh, and I got this. I I paid five dollars. If you could guess my weight, he couldn't. And I got this really nice pencil um, <laughs> with a little uh, little troll on the end of it. And uh, so I says to him, I says, "Where are these dates from?" He says, "I drive an hour and a half out to the date farm, and I buy them there, and I bring them here, and put them in little plastic bags." Yeah. I said, "There's a date farm an hour and a half from me." He said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care about dates. I make this jam." And this jelly. But I found at farmers markets, because I've been working them for a long time, dates bring people in. <laughs> I said, huh. really? He said, yeah, because you can give them a sample. They pop it in their mouth. They like dates. They buy dates. So I bring them in for the dates, and they buy the jam and jelly. That's how I do it. <laughs> I said, okay, so your, your job is you drive an hour and a half, buy a basket of dates, yeah. come back, put them in plastic bags. He said, yeah. I said, then you have your jam that you actually make. He said, yeah. Then there was a woman who was dressed um, like uh, in the band of Sun Ra. Yeah. She was very flamboyant. And she was selling, as far as I could tell, Laurie's salt, you know, from the primer place with just a label that said soul salt. What? Yeah. Justin said, yeah, to the early details, and I was still wrapping my head around those. Okay. What? She was um, dressed like she was out of the Sun Ra band. Okay, check, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, Get you that. know, like out of the, yeah. that. Well, not Black Panther is just a ripoff of Sun Ra, you know, in terms of yeah, the yeah, costumes yeah. and stuff. They, are, they also admitted that. Ripoff's not the right word. They said they were oh, inspired. My. They were inspired, inspired by Sun Ra. Inspired by. It was a cover costume. And she just had salt. I mean, I just said salt, like she table said that, salt. No, but she was no, it was all no. colorful and had all sorts of stuff. So in like it. other seasoning, yeah, seasoning with it. Her yeah. special mix of seasoning. Oh, okay. and I said to her, mm. "There's a lot of salt in this." She said, "No salt, just sodium." <laughs> I That's said, carny right there. Yeah. So those are kind of the same thing. She said, "I'm a nurse. I know the difference. Whoa. Wow. Sodium is a mineral. Salt is poison." What? So. Then there's people selling. Wait, wait, where is she a nurse? Did you, you please tell me you asked that? What, 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 what would the answer mean? Stay away from that. <laughs> Do oh, not yeah. go there. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> and they had. Years from now, Pedal Bean Hospital shook them walking in the room and be like, oh no, I'm doomed. Yeah. Uh, they also had a place selling vegan food that had heroes. Heroes. And the heroes were lamb heroes, and it was a oh. vegan place. And they mm. gave me the heroes, and I said, boy, this is really good. And they said, yeah, yeah, we make our own vegan lamb. I said, you, this is vegan. They said, yes. I said, you make this? They said, yes. I said, how come you make it better than anybody else that makes fake meat? They said, we're just good at it. Okay. It was good. Yeah? Yeah. Z tasted it and said, this is like lamb. I said, it's vegan, they say on the sign. Yeah. We bought everything in the world. We bought chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. Oh. Uh, we bought hummus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We bought dips. We bought oranges. They tried to sell Moxie this hair clip that put her hair up like she'd look like Ivanka Trump or something. Yeah. Uh, we didn't buy that. 
Oh. <laughs> oh, your hair looks so good up, and it keeps it off the back of your neck. Uh, so for the sun. And and were you like summer? You know, I this said, is a farmer's market. We have air. Why the fuck are you selling hair clips? We have air conditioning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. You don't need that. What no, but but you're you're a uh, a well. I have a question for you okay. after this. Okay. All right. Now, um, mm-hmm. you need flowers for Mother's Day. Anybody buy flowers, yeah. everybody. And now that we're out of the ad, and Dustin, since you're the boss, you can say this. Okay. You'll be able to clip this section away from the ad. So we did the ad, yeah. then we do this. Because yeah. I have a joke this makes me think of every time. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and the joke is Perfect. very inappropriate for a flowers ad. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I love it. Two women talking. One says to the other, ah, my boyfriend gave me flowers. I guess I'll have to spend all weekend on my back with my legs in the air. And the other woman says, don't you have a vase? <laughs> <laughs> what I love about that is that the image is so beautiful. Yeah. yeah it's a beautiful, it pretty, sweet image. Speaking mm-hmm. of porn, do you, is it possible that Pornhub is the hippest company in the world? You, you know, Pornhub, the porn people. Yeah. Yeah. They did like sneak previews of major movies on their channel. And now yeah. I just read, I haven't looked this up. Yeah, they've like sponsored highway initiatives. Have they? Yes. Really? Yeah. Uh, they do. Wow. And they, they do all this really interesting political stuff that say no one pays attention to us because we're just porn. Yeah. They just did this incredible thing where they put a special tag on their site. Special B porn. B porn. B porn. Bees pollinating <laughs> flowers. <laughs> because they said that bees are really important and they really care about the environment and they want to get people excited <laughs> about helping preserve the bees and the environment. So they have, uh, you can do a search on Pornhub for bees and you can find. I don't. I don't know how it works, but you can find all. Oh, I don't know, they have channels or something. Yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> you can find all this uh, bee porn with pollination. Wow. That's great. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say about the farmers market is, okay. I love them, mm-hmm. even though I think it might be bullshit. I love the people who are there. I love talking to them. I love the samples. You know, they have kettle corn. And they have all that good stuff. And you you can ask them about anything. You know, you can mm-hmm. you can you can walk up to them and they can show you a uh, a chicken that's actually walking around and that they're gonna butcher and serve. And you can say to them, Is that chicken vegan? And they'll say, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> they will they will lie, they will say anything to sell. Uh-huh. I just like the farmer's market. I just love it. And the children love it. We have a great time. What are you looking uh, up? Uh, Pornhub's Good Deeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, mm-hmm. In 2016, they uh, for uh, uh, almost a month, they donated one cent for every uh, view uh, or every 2,000 views to help save whales. Oh, that's oh. nice. They help get trees planted mm-hmm. in a certain area. They do a lot of... Uh, they do a lot of yeah. little outreach stuff. Uh, wow. be great. They actually have a whole wing called Pornhub Cares. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, that's who we should have on. We should have on the Pornhub guys. Because I bet they've got data. They, I, I read an oh, interview yeah. with one of the people uh, that said they were reading a psych study on human sexuality. Mm-hmm. And they were reading the study and said, you know, the funny thing is no one's ever asked us. 
and we have all the data on human sexuality you could possibly want. Yeah. We know what people search for, when they start watching, when they stop. We know everything, and no one ever asks us. Isn't that amazing? Huh. Yeah, except I think they did start actually putting out their own data because of that. Oh, do they? Yeah, yeah they kind of just like search for different, like by state, you can see which people look for the, the most of what. I don't know. Stuff. All I know is that the B channel is pretty hip. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I know, funny. And maybe maybe they'll have a Billy Joel, Celine Dion. Uh, uh, what else do you have in there? Bruce Willis. Yeah. Uh, and one other, Kenny G. Kenny G. Yeah. A, a channel with the four of them talking. Yeah. And I just want, oh, I want to say one more thing about Billy Joel. Okay. okay. And that is the phrase selling out. Mm-hmm. I think if you asked a lot of rock snobs in the 70s, is Billy Joel a sellout? Their answer would have been yes. Yeah. For rock mm-hmm. snobs. Mm-hmm. I believe Billy Joel has never sold out at all. I believe he's completely true to himself. Captain Beefheart and his magic band, avant garde rock snob darlings. I love them. I love them because that's the club I want to be in. That's what I want to identify with. I realize now that musical taste is just clubs and team sports, nothing else. Like whether you like Mm. um, Fortnite or whether you like Team Fortress 2, whether you like the Rolling Stones or the Beatles, or whether Mm. you like country or punk is just what team you want to be on. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So Captain Beefheart was the team I wanted to be on. Now, Captain Beefheart, it was a story among everybody in the kind of avant-garde hip music scene, that Captain Beefheart wanted to have a hit record. So Captain Beefheart tried, tried with his band and with his record company to sell out. That was his goal. Mm. He did an album called Safe as Milk, in which he tried to sell out. It's a crazy record. He was unable to. He kept his credibility. I think that selling out means absolutely nothing. Because he... Whatever the the, the, the the slot you've been put in means, you can't get out of it. Right. Billy Joel and Captain Beefheart cannot change places. Right. Mm. It's just just crazy thing. But there's so much I had to talk about. We didn't get to any of it except farmers markets are bullshit. Having said that, that you enjoy, that you enjoy, yeah, yeah. I I think all I want is a general store. I want to mm. go to someone who's selling stuff, who knows about it, and is hustling. Yeah. And who's friendly to me. You know, guys standing in front of the fruit, cutting off slices and going, oh, taste this pear. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. That's so nice, you know, as opposed to, you know, asshole foods, which I guess they probably do that, cut off a pear and give you some. Yeah, but they're homogenizing that element of what you like in a more of a... It's really mm-hmm. nice. You know, uh, I, but of course, the other thing is I don't go shopping. So maybe I just like shopping and don't know it. <laughs> it's also yeah. possible. It's like what Paul Prevenz used to say about yeah. me. I'd go see a stand-up comic, comic and go, I don't really like stand-up comics, but I like this guy. He says, you know, it's been 100%. Every single person you've seen, you've liked, <laughs> and still claim you don't like stand-up comedy. It's not you like this guy, you like stand-up comedy. So maybe it's yeah. not that I like farmer's markets. I just like shopping. I was going to say, go up to Napa Valley, which you would, I think you would hate because of mm-hmm. just wine. Yeah. But... They have, uh, you know, barrel makers up there and a lot of, like, cooperage and stuff. And then all of these little pull-over-the-side-of-the-road stores. Do you know how hard I worked yeah. to get the word cooperage into the Penadella show? <laughs> One of my favorite words. Yeah. I like cooperage. I put it in my show just because I knew you liked it. <laughs> I do like the word cooperage so, yeah. so much. Yeah. We covered most everything for this show. We're going to do another show really soon. Yeah. But that yeah. was Ben Sunday School. That was ben it just happened. Wow. 
Twitch jump. <laughs> oh you become naked. Who gave him this? Okay. I'm sorry. Oh, he gets sticks now. Oh. Rich meeting the heaven. This show is never going to end with a... <laughs> Hey everybody, Jason Ellis here from the Jason Ellis Show podcast, reminding you that my podcast, new episodes every Wednesday, downloadable, where all podcasts are available. Come see my friends, Michael and Kevin, as we talk to you about what's awesome, what sucks, fitness, fighting, parenting, life, spin kicks, LGBTQ community, how to defend yourself against the shock if it attacks you out of nowhere, and much, much more. So come join us. Need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. <laughs>